0: This podcast is a Folk Media production. The following podcast contains mentions of domestic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Locked in. So it all started when I was 18. I was living with my parents in Dubai and I was introduced to my ex-husband through common friends and he was all that had said he was at least at face value charming charismatic friendly and he ended up spending a lot of time with me finally told me that he wanted to be in a relationship with me just within a few weeks since we had met and i didn't want to be in a relationship with him because i honestly didn't feel that way about him but he was extremely persuasive and he made me feel like i owed it to him for the time that he'd been spending with me and he made me feel like somehow I'd let him on. And being the person that I was at that time, I was extremely timid. I could never say no and I just gave in. I just forced myself to give that relationship a a chance and um, went ahead with it. It just took a couple of weeks before I started noticing signs of abuse in bits and pieces. He started telling me that I needed to stop talking to my friends. He changed my SIM card, created a new email address, and then he even went on to tell me that I needed to change my dressings to the point where he bought me new clothes that were more modest in his eyes. I was extremely uncomfortable with whatever he was doing. But I was confused at the same time because this person that was giving me so much attention and he had the perfect justifications for whatever he was doing made me feel like he was doing it all for my best because he cared for me. And so instead of listening to my own intuition, my gut feeling that something was wrong here, I just forced myself to listen to him instead. Coming from a very traditional Indian family, there was this pressure on him to to marry soon. And he said that if I didn't marry him, he'd have to marry someone he didn't know, which was another manipulation of sorts. So I was extremely stressed out and I didn't want to marry him because by then months had passed and that manipulation and control was um, touching verbal abuse. And on occasions, he had even tried to hurt himself to scare me. I didn't want to marry this man. What he had done was he had instilled a sense of fear in me by then. And I thought to myself that this man is not going to let go easily. And I was too afraid to just to to call the wedding off. And so I just went along with it. I said to myself, um, it's easier to, to get married to him than to put up a fight and say no. And at the time, I was not in the best of relationships with my parents. And somehow this felt like an easier way out. I was only 19 at the time and made a very poor decision. As soon as we were married, I mean, I noticed how everything changed completely. This man that was continuously giving me attention, being around me 24-7, was neglecting me now. He completely ignored me. We lived with his parents, it was a joint family, and I was completely overwhelmed. And there was no support from him whatsoever. I just find him spending time with his friends, you know, going out, socializing, but nothing about the two of us or how I'm adjusting to this new life. A couple of months down the line, I realized I made a big mistake that I couldn't take the neglect anymore, that I was just married because someone had to put a tick on the box because someone needed a trophy wife because someone needed to control and manipulate me and um, I spoke to a friend about it at a coffee shop and unfortunately that conversation reached my husband through someone she told and that night I was abused physically for the first time by him he shattered my phone against the wall and he threatened um, to hurt me if I tried to end the marriage. As he was threatening me, those threats turn into physical abuse, turn into slaps and pushes, and he started belting me. And no one was home at the time, but as soon as his parents came home, um, he asked me to wipe away my tears and just look normal. He told me to go to the kitchen and get him a glass of water, like a good wife. And I was completely terrified. I was in shock. The next day he just pretended like everything was normal and he just said to me whatever you did is what has caused me to abuse you and if there's anything that you do to provoke me then it would be obvious that I would react that way and that really put really made me feel afraid. The abuse escalated over the next couple of years. I tried to tell friends, I tried to confide in in my family, but no one really wanted to believe how intense, how severe the abuse was. In terms of the support, every domestic violence victim needs the support of their family. They need the strongest support system. That sort of support that I was missing, it really, Took a toll on me because I had to figure out everything on my own. I had no understanding of the Indian law, even though I was an Indian citizen. I was residing in a different country. In 2007, he raped me for the first time. It was a punishment for confiding in a friend again that I wanted to leave, and he did that as a way of impregnating me. And. That was the the end of any hope that there was for that marriage to work. It completely destroyed me. It broke me in a way that I could have never imagined. And I never thought I would see myself in such a situation where I was violated to such an extent. And it took me years to heal from that. And as the years went by, the abuse escalated. He continued to do things like isolate me from my family, monitor my online movements through spy softwares and he even took away my phone and I was not allowed to go anywhere without him. Didn't have a bank account, didn't have health insurance, didn't have a key to my apartment. Started uh, suffering from depression and even attempted to end my life. Everyone could see what was happening, that I wasn't okay, that something was going on but no one was willing to, to understand or to support me in the way I needed, they considered it too risky to get involved. So I just secretly started creating a safety plan for myself. I, I started hiding money that I would get as gifts under my bed, and um, I said to myself, you know, it doesn't matter if anyone helps me or not, but I'm going to get out of this situation one day. I got in touch with an NGO in Delhi. I was able to take my certificates, my clothes, very few of them, book a ticket. But the only issue here was that I didn't have my passport. My passport was under lock and key with my ex-husband's um, family. But miraculously, there was a day where his parents had asked me to apply for a, a visit visa to the States for a conference that we needed to attend. And they'd given the passport in my hands. I had my passport. And this would be the perfect time to, to get out of the situation. So finally, um, I found the courage to fix a date to leave. And, um, and then on a Friday, we'd gone to church. I took nothing but my passport in my pocket and I slipped out of church and I got on a flight to Delhi and escaped my ex-husband. There were countless threats and emails from him in fact, um, they tried filing a missing persons report, but thankfully because of the, the organization that I was with, and that is Maitri India, I had that support and was um, protected completely from, from being taken back and being abused even further. And, you know, um, being a slave to everything that was happening. It was not an easy, it was not an easy escape. It was not an easy journey even after I left, but um, it it happened. And I feel so grateful that um, somehow after six years, six long years of enduring abuse, that I finally um, got out of that situation. I'm doing much better now. I mean, it's taken years and years of um you know a lot of healing a lot of support and help to get to where i am today i can never say that i will be the same person that i was uh, before all of this happened to me because i can never be that person i'm a changed person i'm a new person the trauma of the abuse has impacted me massively it has given me um something that we call complex ptsd um, I've suffered from depression and anxiety over the last couple of years and have had to seek a lot of treatment, um, you know a lot of counseling. I've had to be on medication for years to to reduce the trauma responses to to feel better to to be able to cope with with all of the effects of the abuse. I'm definitely grateful. To be where I am today, I'm just so grateful to be out of that situation, and um, I believe that um, better days are ahead. This was a story of a domestic abuse survivor, and with it, we bring an end to this limited edition series, Locked In. Throughout the series. We've tried our best to bring to notice the many aspects of domestic violence and we hoped we succeeded in doing so. As always, we will give out the names and contact information of the various agencies one can possibly get in touch with if they are facing or they know someone who is facing domestic abuse. Please do share this podcast with your friends and family. The more we speak about it, the more it will be easier for survivors to come out and lead their life with dignity. This is me Priyanka signing off. Remember, Locked In is a Hot Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. यदि आप एक महिला or या आप किसी महिला you है a lot हिंसा money or से domestic violence, then please give 1091. to me. Please give it to me. Please give it to 87930 eight 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 one four get in touch with one future collective to know more about domestic violence and other gender issues call them at nine eight two zero six one eight seven nine 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 counseling and therapy for adults and kids can be found at three their number is nine eight three three nine eight three four six zero and finally send whatsapp alert regarding domestic violence on women especially during covid at 721